Uh, good morning, y'all. Uh, my name is Troy, and I'm going to preach this morning, I think. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone. <laughs> so we're in the middle of a sermon series um, called Good News in the Old Testament, where we're taking just different stories from the Old... Did I say good news? Good news in the Old Testament, where we're taking different stories from the Old Testament and just finding the gospel truth in them. Um, and connecting them to the larger narrative of the whole biblical story. Um, so one of my favorite things to do is to learn about various people um, who have little like titles at the end of their name, like Alexander the Great, Vlad the Impaler, several people like that. Jesus Christ, Christ isn't his last name. It means like the anointed one, the Messiah. Um, so this morning we're going to look at the story of Jonah, uh, Jonah the prophet, Jonah the runaway, Jonah the complainer. So I chose this book uh, because it's a well-known story in the Bible. Um, like, how many of you know the story of Jonah? Yeah? Uh, can you all, like, shout out some things that happen in that story? Runs he runs away. He gets eaten by a whale. Yeah, he's moody. <laughs> yeah, these are good. What? Yeah, the cows repent. He sits under a tree. The tree dies. Yeah, this is like a cartoony, like, ridiculous story. Um, so due to it being well known, it kind of like, I'll wait for the train, I think. I don't know, should I? I'll just keep going. Uh, due to it being really well known, um, it kind of like loses its like value, um, in the grander scheme of like the story of the Bible. Um, but the book of Jonah is rich with examples of God's faithfulness to humanity. Um, and a lot of that gets missed because of like the Sunday schoolness, I think Brad said last week of the story. But knowing the general story is good, um, and there is value in that. Yeah. Um, but it's how we live out this story every day in our life. I think that's the important part. So I'll start with chapter 1. The book of Jonah begins, and the prophet Jonah hears God's voice. Um, God tells him to go to Nineveh and to preach, because the people there have been wicked. Um, and just some context, Nineveh, Nineveh was like the capital city for the Assyrian Empire, and they were known for their cruelty and their brutality towards other nations, specifically the Hebrews um, and the Israelites. So after hearing God's word, it says that Jonah gets up immediately, and being the good prophet that he is, he runs away in the opposite direction um, and sets sail for a different city. And that's understandable. I mean, I would be afraid, too, to go to the capital of a nation that hates me and then preach like against them, like God's going to bring ruin to your city. Um, so he goes, he gets on a boat. And there's a great storm, and Jonah falls asleep. While the ship's members and their crew call out to their gods during the storm um, and try to get them to handle it. So finally, Jonah wakes up, um, and the sailors ask him who he thinks is ca causing the storm. Jonah tells them that it's God, it's Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews. Um, he's the one who made the sea and the land. And then Jonah offers to be thrown overboard so that the sea may be calm for them. And that seems like it's a heroic act, but really Jonah is like running away even further from what God told him to do. Like now he's just going to be thrown into the sea. Um, but the sea begins to be calm. The storm is no longer. And then all the sailors like rejoice and praise God um, and turn to him. And then Jonah swallowed by a big fish. So even though Jonah hears the Lord telling him exactly where to go and exactly what to do, he still decides not to. In the New Testament... We hear the Lord explain his greatest commandments. In Matthew 22, the Pharisees ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is, and he says to them, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And then the second greatest is to love your neighbor as yourself. God gives us these specific commandments on what to do and how to live. And every day, like Jonah, we run away in the opposite direction. Um, so one of the sayings that I like to remind myself of is that it's not hard to be kind. Like, it's pretty easy. Being kind to people just takes listening. So Jonah, God's prophet, his representative on earth, falls asleep below deck while the rest of the passengers on the boat, on the boat are having to endure this storm. We interact with so many people throughout our day, our classmates, our families, our roommates, our neighbors, our spouses, our professors, and each of these people are, go- are going through their own individual storm. So instead of being asleep like Jonah on the boat, we should be the calming spirit. We're called to be the calming presence of the Lord, speaking truth to people's storms. And all it takes is listening to people and being aware of what they're going through. This chapter of Jonah greatly parallels the story of Jesus calming the storm in Mark 4. Um, in Mark, we see Jesus on a boat. He had just got done preaching and performing signs and healing people. Um, and he gets on a boat and he falls asleep. In Jonah, we see him running away um, from what God is telling him to do. He gets on a boat, he falls asleep. In both of the stories, there's a storm. Um, but in Jonah, he is the one who's bringing the storm. And in Mark 4, we see Jesus like calming the storm. Um, last week, Brad talked about us being the image of God and how God works through us so that others can see his goodness. So it's my prayer for us to have the calming presence of Jesus in the storm rather than being the storm bringers like Jonah. At the end of chapter 1, we see that after Jonah's thrown overboard, the storm calms down and the people on the boat all begin to worship God. So even in Jonah's unfaithfulness, God still uses him to get the glory. God uses us despite our own shortcomings and our flaws. So just a short recap, God, Jesus, what, what? Jonah hears God tell him where to go and what to do. He runs away, he gets on a boat, he's thrown overboard. The people praise God. Um, and that moves us to chapter 2. I think Garvin's going to read that from his seat. He's going to read Jonah chapter 2 for us. Um, just to, yeah, Mike would be great, or you can come up here. Uh, just to preface this before Garvin reads, this is Jonah's prayer while he's in um, the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, repenting. Jonah 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. 
And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Thanks, Garvin. Uh, so yeah, in chapter 2, we read the poetic and powerful prayer that Jonah prays to God, asking him for forgiveness. He repents to God, and he listens to his prayer, and the fish spits him up onto dry ground. Here again, we see God working with Jonah. He doesn't leave him. He doesn't decide to get someone else to preach to Nineveh. He sticks with Jonah so that he can work through him. And every day we fall short and we sin, yet God still chooses us. He loves us, and he wants us to love him and his people. He still chooses to have Jonah to be his messenger to the Ninevites despite his sin, just like he chooses us every day despite our sin to reach his people. This chapter parallels another story of Jesus. Um, It parallels the story of Jesus' death and his resurrection in the New Testament. Jonah spends three days in the belly of a fish and then is returned to land on the third day. Um, Jesus even brings this up to the Pharisees in Matthew 12 when he's predicting his own death. In Matthew 12, verses 38 through 40, the Pharisees asked Jesus to keep showing them sign after sign after sign, and Jesus like, has enough of it. Um, and he says to them that he's already shown the miracles, and he says, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign. But none will be given except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now someone greater than Jonah is here. So that's a little spoiler for the end of this book. The people of Nineveh repent. But that's not on me. This book is like 2,000 years old, so... If you missed that one, then that's on you. Um, Jesus here is calling out the Pharisees. He's calling them wicked and saying that even Nineveh repented when Jonah preached to them. And now the Pharisees have someone greater than Jonah. They have him, and they still choose to be wicked and not believe. And that brings us to chapter 3. And I'll do another recap. So Jonah hears um, God tell him to go preach to Nineveh. He chooses to run away. He gets on a boat. There's a storm, he gets thrown overboard, um, and now he's repenting in the belly of a fish. And the fish, I guess, hears Jonah's prayer and is like, and like throws him up. Um, And here we are at chapter three. That's in the Bible, that's in the message. Um, Chapter three, here we go. We start with no, it starts with Jonah after he's been spit up onto the dry ground. And Jonah, chapter 3, verse 1, is such a beautiful line. It says, And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I'm going to read that again. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. That's like the gospel right there. If I had come up here and preached just that, that would have been enough. We serve a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. Um, and we can replace our name in that line. And the word of the Lord came to Troy a second time, and the word of the Lord came to Sterling a second time, and came to Leslie a second time. God chooses to be with us a second and a third and a fourth time, no matter what we do, as long as we repent and turn from our ways and turn to his ways. Despite Jonah running away, despite his protest, despite going further away by being thrown overboard, the word of the Lord still returns to him. Jonah does everything he can to resist the call from God, but God still offers him another chance. Even when we deliberately disobey him, 
the word of the Lord returns to us, and God still has the same message. He has the same message for Jonah here, to tell the Ninevites that they should repent. And even though Jonah finally obeys, he still only halfway obeys what the Lord says. Chapter 3 describes the city of Nineveh as as so big that it takes three days to walk through the whole thing. Chapter 3 also says that Jonah only walks one day into the city, um, and the message that he preaches in Jonah 3, verse 4, is one sentence. Forty more days, and the Nineveh will be overthrown. He doesn't mention how good God is, God's grace, how often God, like, accepts our repentance. He just says that the city's going to be destroyed. And still, everyone repents. Everyone from the king, um, like Manny said earlier, the cows, they put sackcloth on the cows as if they were mourning and make them fast. Everyone repents. um, Because God sees their sincere hearts, and he spares them. Just like he did to Jonah, just like he does to us. We see God working through Jonah here again, even in this half-hearted obedience to him. God chooses to spare the people of Nineveh, and they repent and worship him, just like the sailors did in chapter 1, just like Jonah was spared despite his disobedience and his running away. And that brings us to Jonah chapter 4. You would think that, okay, this guy finally does what God does, says, okay, they all repent, everyone's good now. You'd think that would be the end of the book. Wrap it up, beautiful story, fairy tale. But then we have Jonah chapter 4. Um, Jonah sees that God chooses to spare the people, and he gets angry. He gets so angry that he tells God that it's probably just best that he just go ahead and die. Um, God asks him right after that if it is right for him to be angry. He doesn't really comment on Jonah being dead. He just asks him a simple question. Um, and Jonah doesn't answer. Instead, he makes his camp outside of the city um, and just watches, hoping that the city will be destroyed. Um, then Jonah, then God tries to teach Jonah a lesson, um, and the reader as well. He provides a plant for Jonah that will give him shade as he watches, um, hoping that the city will be destroyed. The next morning, he makes a worm to destroy the plant, um, and the heat is so hot that it like burns Jonah's head or something. And again, Jonah asks God to just go ahead and kill him. And then God asks Jonah again if his anger is just in regards to the plant. And then again, Jonah asks God um, to just go ahead and kill him. He wishes he was dead. Um, Then God poses the question to Jonah that leaves the reader with the question um, as well. And he asks him, is your anger justified? He asks him again. He tells Jonah that he was so concerned about the plant and so upset that it died. Yet when it came to the people of Nineveh, Jonah just wanted to see them destroyed. Nineveh was the Assyrian capital, um, and they were enemies to Judah and Israel, and Jonah wanted to see them punished. He expresses his anger towards the Lord, um, which is like a thing that's okay to do. It's okay to feel your feelings and tell God how they are. Um, And God listens to him, and he responds to Jonah, just asking if his anger is justified. Um, And we see God do this all the time. He's always asking people questions. We see it with Adam and Eve. Um, How did you know you're naked? We see it with Cain when he asks, where is your brother Abel? Um, And we see it in Matthew when he asks Peter, who do you say I am? God loves asking questions, not because he doesn't know the answer. He asks us questions so that when we answer, it reveals it. What? He asks us questions so that when we answer it, it reveals our own hearts to us. He asks Jonah twice if his anger is justified so that he can see the error of his ways. 
And that's how the book ends. So I'll give a brief recap and then conclude my sermon. So at the beginning, God speaks to Jonah. He tells him to go to Nineveh. Um, Jonah hears him and goes the opposite way. He gets on a boat, and uh, there's a storm. He falls asleep. He tells the people about God and then tells them that they should just throw him overboard so that he can run away some more. Um, And then after the storm gets calm, the sailors repent. Um, After he's thrown overboard, he gets eaten by a fish, um, and he prays a prayer of repentance to God, and God listens, and the fish spits him back onto the land. He goes to Nineveh finally and kind of preaches a sermon to them, and they all repent even still. And that makes Jonah angry for some reason. (laughs) Um, And then Jonah asks God to kill him like three times in a row. But God doesn't listen to that. Instead, he asks him if his anger is justified. So despite Jonah's best efforts um, in this story, we see that he can't escape God. He says to himself in chapter 2 that God is the God of the land and the sea, and he still tries to run away from him at sea. Um, This book of Jonah ends pretty wide open. It doesn't say what Jonah did next, if he continued to preach. Um, And there's not really any other account of Jonah in the Bible other than one mention of someone with the same name that may or may not be him. Jonah's last words in the book is that he's so angry he could die. Um, But God doesn't let him get the last words. At the end of Jonah, chapter 4, it shows God showing mercy towards the people of Nineveh. This book, Jonah, shows us a good God who wants people to know who he is and a prophet who is actively trying not to preach that to people. Um, Yet, Still, all the people repent because Jonah inadvertently shows them how good God is. In this book, we see a prophet who is willing to accept forgiveness from God. But when it comes to turning from sin and repenting, from others turning from sin and repenting, he's pretty stingy on the forgiveness. Um, Pastor Rich Velotis, he's a pastor at a church in New York, describes the book of Jonah as a cautionary tale. He says that Jonah demonstrates that one can receive abundant grace but can still carry abundant anger when God is good to people we don't like. The book of Jonah is our story. In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus commands us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Lord. Yet we run from that every day. We run because it's hard. We run, myself included, because it's awkward to talk to our classmates or our coworkers. We run from that commission because we're scared of what people would think of us. But what we get from the story of Jonah is that we serve a God who is with us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to make us do it on our own. Um, Despite our shortcomings, despite our unwillingness, despite us, he is good. All God requires from us is that we repent and turn from our ways and turn to his ways. Whether you're a prophet, part of the wicked crowd, God's invitation, invitation is always open to us to repent and to turn towards him. Um, So I have some homework. I want you all to go out and find the biggest fish you can. I'm just kidding. Um, I want you to read through the book of Jonah. It doesn't really take that long, maybe like 15 to 20 minutes. And to think and to pray who God is calling you to be the calming presence for. And after that, just do it. Be a a calming presence for someone this week. Like I mentioned in the sermon, we are all a little bit like Jonah. And sometimes we're a lot like Jonah. It's pretty easy to read this and to laugh at how like ridiculous and cartoony this story is. But Jonah's attitude is in all of us. Yeah. Let the Spirit convict you as you read, and let God shine a light on how you're like Jonah, 
and repent and ask the Lord to help you have a kinder heart. Amen? Amen. Um, I'm going to pray for us. God, you're so good, and I thank you so much just for this time that we get to meet and this place that we get to meet at. I pray that we can be people who repent and turn towards you, um, and that we can be just a calming presence for people in our lives and not be storm bringers like Jonah. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Troy. That was great. It's like the story of Jonah is already kind of funny if you think about it, but then all the stuff Troy added in there, funnier and more important and more sort of, um, I don't know, I guess just a lot less of the Bible story, Sunday school kind of thing. So thanks for exploring that. Um, we One thing I wanted to say before we get into our announcements for this week is just the, the <laughs> I couldn't help but notice just the like how bad we are at sitting close together. If you look for a second over here, at the two almost completely sort of vacant rows over here, um, we not only do we want to be together uh, on Sundays, and then we've got a big old area over here. Some of that is because the pillar blocks, I get it, but uh, we want to sit together, have fellowship together in the in the mornings on Sunday. And also, we in worship, we're the choir. Can you imagine if the choir was just kind of like all over the place and couldn't hear each other and like separate and stuff like that? So I want to see this next week, okay? I don't want to see it. Usually, also, we, we used to have a lot of fear around the front row, but then some people have stepped up here. We've got some front row folks who are really bringing it. Um, so that's good. We've grown in that. But next week, if you see a row that's empty like that, you're sitting there. You saw it. You're sitting there. All right? You hear me? That's the, kind of, that's the kind of voice that whenever Ezra is at a stage where we have to reprimand him about stuff, that voice has started coming, and I feel like my dad. Um, so uh, now for some exciting and good stuff. The retreat... Is happening, the church retreat, 25th and 26th of March. You can RSVP register um, at DentonNorthChurch.com slash retreat. You can also do that at the QR code behind me. Um, I will answer questions too. I'll answer two questions about retreat if anyone has any. Even kind of rhetorical ones. If you're kind of already know the answer, you just want me to. You do not have to pay right when you sign up. You just tell us if you're coming, who you bring with you, all that kind of stuff. And we'll talk about payment later. There's even a little date you can see at the end that tells you when you'll need to have paid by. But we'll reach out to you about that. Great question. It's going to be super fun. As I know someone was asking, wondering that question, it is going to be super fun. Justin had a question. Yes, sir. It's only DNC. It's our church, our family, right here. This group right here. Great question. Anybody else? One more? Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, so you'll see a question. If, you're, if you think, I can't come and the money's the reason, we've got a little spot for you to tell us that and then sign up. Yes, ma'am. Yes, we will be bringing some snacks. We'll have a big old snack table like last time, so definitely. Yes, is there one more question? Oh, yes, hi. Yes. Yep. And there'll be two meals. This is kind of lowering on me. There'll be two meals that we'll eat there in the cafeterias. So the dinner, dinner on Saturday, breakfast on Sunday. Yep. Tell us what they are in the thing, um, and we'll let you know. But yes, that's a good question. I think there's some options we have there. So don't assume that. Tell us what your restrictions are uh, in the thing. But get pumped. Put on your calendar. Register right now, and don't wait. Do it right now. Okay, cool? All right.
Um, the next thing is the Dolores's. They welcomed their new little baby, Luca. And we've got a meal train going for them to help just make the transition into being a family for easier and just love on them. So please sign up for that. Even if you're not like a cook, you can just pick up some food from somewhere and bring it over there or whatever. Don't let that stop you. But we want to surround them with some love and help them uh, be able to have some food while they're not sleeping as much and getting used to, you know, a little bit of craziness in their house. But you can find that. I think there's a QR code behind me. Yes. And also on Mighty Networks, you can sign up there too. So please do that. Um, The next thing is that today is Ronnie's February workshop about depression, both dealing with depression ourselves and helping others in our lives around us, our friends and family with depression. That's today from 2 to 5 in Carrollton. And apparently it's kind of going gangbusters. There's a lot of people signing up for it, but I believe there's still room. So if you were really interested and you hadn't signed up already, go to dfwleadershipdevelopment.org, or I think the QR code behind me works too. Sign up for that. Don't miss it. Um, It's going to be really good. The next thing is, I think in two or three days, is the Bliss event. Is that correct? Tuesday? We still have that slide somewhere. Sorry, John. I didn't mean to... Didn't mean to figure out. There we go. Yes, this is going to be super cool. Um, Becca gave us a longer explanation about this, but the UTD uh, Focus Ministry has a ministry called Bliss, and they're doing this really cool event for Black History Month. So uh, if you're interested in that, please come. It's an open invite. It's going to be super cool. And then um, also, Leslie, do you... Oh, sweet. Leslie has an announcement, too. So a couple of years ago, the Housemans bought a house, and um, around that time, Ryan's dad passed away, Adrian's dad had a stroke out of state, and it's just been a lot for them to try and get moved into their house and get set up. So we wanted to help them do that, and this Saturday from 9 to 2, we're going to have as many people as can meet us at their house and just help get stuff where it needs to go, get stuff out that needs to come out. Um, This really is spearheaded by their small group, and their small group wanted to invite the rest of us because the more of us there are, the more we can help them get done that day. Um, So even if you can only come for a couple of hours between that period of 9 and 2, just come on. We've already kind of got figured out like where we need people and what we need them to do. And when I say we, I don't mean me. I mean like Adrienne and Hannah helped figure that out. Um, And so, yeah, if you have time, they're going to provide food for us. Uh, Then come on out. There's a sign up on Mighty Networks. So if you would let us know how many people can come, then that'll help us know where to place them to work. Did somebody ask a question? Okay, perfect. All right, Kurt, you want to head this way? Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Good morning. Hey, the kids in jam say hey, so running out there. So anyway, yeah, I would just like to just roll, and I know you guys, it's a lot of information. There's a lot going on. It's good, but the retreat, that's one of the best things we do all year. And so I just really want to would encourage you to make plans to be there, hopefully the whole time, uh, if you can't, but at least for part of the time. But it's it's definitely worth uh, your time. And uh, just a, an off, it's like all of our camps, Jam Camp, which is for our kids and all that, coming up this summer. 
just a great time to be together with the body. We won't have, you don't get any other time during the year to really uh, be around people 24, 24 hours and just really uh, enjoy a weekend together. So I just want to plug that real quick. Also something else, just a reminder, I want to thank uh, those of you that have been helping at Our Daily Bread already. It's Focus and some of our adult, our Focus is our young adults and uh, our, our our older adults or whatever you want to say it. Um, so uh, thank you for doing that. Just to remind you about that. Uh, we are going to continue through the year working on those things. Uh, MLK, I think we have a, maybe an event in April coming up that we can help with. Our daily bread is 24-7, so they're going to need uh, individuals out there all the time. So I would encourage you, if you haven't done that, one of our Goals this year is try to encourage all of us to go out there at least once a month for a two- or three-hour time period and help out. So I just want to encourage you in that. And I want to also encourage you when you're out there to get to know some of the staff out there that are helping, the volunteers, uh, the clients that come in. That the, Our daily bread is, a, is for our unhoused population here in Denton. So it's out here. The new facility is out here at 288 if you're not really sure what I'm talking about. So anyway, just want to encourage you in that area too. So, But thank you for all you do and look, look like we've got a lot going on. So just want to continue to lift that up. So let's go to God in prayer. Uh, Father, we are thankful for being able to be here today and just having a facility to meet in and and to be with the body and the community that we are, and we just thank you for that. Uh, Lord, we just lift up um, our upcoming events, the retreat, Lord, which is a big deal in our, has always been a big deal in our church body and um, over the years, and we want to continue to do that as we even though this is only our second one, we want to continue to build that and make it a, a, a tradition that uh, as adults and even our kids grow up loving and, and being at. So we just pray for that right now. We pray for um, our events coming up at the MLK and and just opportunities to work at our daily bread. Lord, we just pray for our unhoused population and our community. And we just, uh, Lord, we just pray that we will keep our eyes and ears open to the resources that we can help with. Yeah, and mostly at, uh, is with our time, Lord, and just making time to help people um, in our community. And I just pray for that. And I just want to pray for uh, Turkey and Syria, Lord, and that that whole deal over there is just it's just too much sometimes, Lord, to just wonder why and and just the craziness of this life and. So we just lift up those countries, and we lift up that we as a country can be in prayer for them and just um, looking at resources and things we can do to help. And, Lord, help us um, not in just in those countries. We just we look all over, Lord, for opportunities just to love people and be Jesus to people. Uh, thanks for loving us and being our God and Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. 
We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.